0: Hashtag blessed. How do you know when you're blessed? I mean, besides when we sneeze and somebody nearby says, God bless you. Sometimes we think we're only blessed when times are good and the road is smooth. But Jesus has a lot more to say about health, wealth, and happiness than just getting a random lucky break. We are blessed to be a blessing for others. So we're already and always hashtag blessed. That's today on the podcast. Hey, this is Marisa from the Tower Hill production team. Thanks so much for listening into our Tower Hill podcast. Whenever or wherever you're listening, we hope this podcast blesses you. And we hope that you feel free to share it with someone that you know, so that they'll feel blessed too. Continuing the sermon series called Hashtag Blessed, today Pastor Jason looks at what Jesus had to say about being blessed and how to live a life of blessing that goes beyond our wishes and desires. How do we take what God has given us to produce a kind of spiritual fruit that's based on God's wishes and desires and blesses others around us beyond measure? Let's check it out right now.
1: We're in this uh, two-part series called Hashtag Blessed. So if you weren't here last week, you didn't get the joke when I said it earlier. But the whole idea is to understand what, what does the world say it means or what do we often think it means to be blessed? And then what does Jesus have to say about it? What does Jesus have to say about health, wealth, and happiness? What does he say about what it means to be blessed? And as I shared a little bit last week, if for some reason you don't know what a hashtag is, or what it's for. It's the little number right there before the word, like on your phone. On your telephone. It's, um, no, it's, it's actually not on that one, I don't think. But it's, it's a way of categorizing social media content under topics. So I went to Instagram, as I was sharing last week. Went to Instagram to see what people are putting up there on hashtag blessed. 106 million posts, right, on what it means to be Blessed. And even though we kind of make fun of that, that I think for a lot of us, yes, including Christians, we have a little bit of a hashtaggy way, hashtag blessed way, Instagrammy way of understanding what it means to be blessed. In other words, it's all about when good things are happening to me, then I feel blessed. Right? And maybe if you're filling in this blank, if you're filling in this blank about what it means to be blessed So we are blessed with the blank to be happy, right? That I feel blessed when I have, and you will fill in that blank as you think what it will do to make you happy. And for most people, that blank is filled with a couple of things. The first one is, we are blessed with the wealth to be happy. That's usually the number one. I just want to have enough to not worry. I just want to have enough to do this. I just want to have enough to do that. That somehow, if... Our ledger is just right. We will be blessed. That We will consider ourselves blessed. Or maybe it's uh, not just wealth, but maybe it's we have the friendships to be happy. Right? Relationships. That if I just have this relationship, then I'm going to finally feel like I am blessed. I'm going to be happy if I'm blessed with the right relationships. Relationships with my spouse or find a spouse or my kids or my job, whatever it is. Or third is just simply we are blessed with these circumstances to be happy. That, you know, life's kind of going along and everything's, you know, kind of green lights and blue skies. That's when I feel like I'm going to be blessed. In fact, as I said last week, there are kind of three categories uh, where we consider ourselves blessed. We consider ourselves blessed when life is booming, blooming, and cruising. Right? When life is booming, When everything's up and to the right on the graph, we're getting the increase, we're getting the raise, we're making more money, everything's good, we are booming. Hashtag blessed. Or when life is blooming, where it doesn't, maybe it's not showing up in our bank account, but things are going really well. Our relationships are good, our situations are good, our job is good. We feel like life is blooming. Hashtag blessed. Or life is cruising, like, hey, nobody died today, eh? You know, right? It's kind of that, like, I don't know, everything's good. Everything's good. There's no major calamity, and we're just kind of cruising right along. Hashtag blessed. But as we shared a little bit about last week is, if that's our only understanding of what it means to be blessed by God, that is incomplete. That's actually not how Jesus talks about blessing at all. Now, Do I think these good things that happen in our life are blessings from God? Yes, absolutely. We categorize them as blessings. But that isn't the main thing that God desires to give us. Those are mostly external things. For Jesus, blessing is primarily about internal things. It's primarily internal and only secondarily external. In other words, if the greatest blessing that humanity could ever receive is the blessing of new life in Jesus Christ, that is the number one blessing. That, is the, that Jesus wants us to be blessed from the inside out, not from the outside in. It's not just about the external blessings that we may or may not get sometimes in our lives. It's the consistent, everlasting, eternal blessing that we have by new life in Jesus. That's primarily the number one blessing that Jesus considers for all humanity. And only secondarily, externally, those blessings. I was thinking a lot about this, and what does it look like to share that internal blessing of faith? Certainly, it looks like us talking to people in our lives about our faith and what God has done for us uh, but I want to give you just an example, it, an everyday, maybe non spectacular example. And that is um, a friend of mine who uh, was a college student a couple of years ago. Uh, she started dating this, uh, this guy, and she has a really strong uh, faith. And, you know, things started progressing, and they felt like they were falling in love. And she asked me, She's like, I don't know what to do. Because. We've never talked about faith, but I feel like this is a serious enough relationship that we need to have that conversation. But I don't know where he is. I don't know where he is on that map, on that continuum of faith. And uh, I want to just jump in and give her advice. But if you've ever come to me for counseling, you know that I rarely give advice. I actually present you with the options. And usually you figure it out pretty quickly. The reason I do that is because if I give you advice and it's wrong... You hate me forever. If I give you advice and it's right, you won't leave me alone. <laughs> so I try not to give advice. But she was asking me about, you know, what, you know, what, what should I do? And I said, look. Do you care about him is him knowing Jesus in his life mission critical for your relationship at any point in the future? Yes. So do you think it'd be easier to have that conversation now or with a ring on it or after the ceremony? She's like, I know, I know. And I said, and I, said I didn't say it this neatly because it ties in with the sermon. I didn't say it like this, but basically what I said was, you have to share your blessing of faith with him. That is your biggest blessing in your life. You need to share that with him. I've heard of a lot of stories where this doesn't work out. This one did. And he got baptized. And they started attending church together. They got engaged. They're getting married this spring. And it's awesome when that happens. That's not everyone's story. But it's awesome when that happens. I feel like that example of somebody just taking a risk in a relationship to say, Hey, you know what? My relationship with Jesus, this means something to me. This is actually a bigger part of my life than you may realize. And I want to make sure that whoever it is that I'm with will understand and hopefully be on board with me. Now, that's a risk. Because when you're in a relationship, you don't want to mess it up. Especially if you're not engaged yet. I don't know, guys, you ever feel this way? I mean, I'm just, from the guy's perspective, I'm like, don't mess it up between now and wedding day. Like, whatever it takes. (laughs) So, but that was a risk for her to have that conversation. And When we have that conversation with other people, there is an inherent inherent risk. We're putting ourselves out there. We're risking rejection. We are risking persecution of one kind or another. But which pain is worse? The pain of letting that issue linger for years and years, only getting more and more difficult, or to address it? I feel like half of us being a blessing to the world is being willing to share the biggest blessing in our lives. But that's awkward. I told you that for years, I didn't tell the woman who cut my hair that I was a pastor because I didn't want it to get weird. Because usually when you tell people you're a pastor, you start getting like confessions. It's like, yeah, well I haven't been in church in a long time, you know, because you know, and then my mom died, and I'm just like, really, it's okay. You don't it's all right. I'm not I have no tablet in my office keeping track on God's behalf. There's nothing like that going on. But to think about what what kind of risk has been keeping you from sharing the biggest blessing in your life. And then there's also the external blessings. So sometimes people out of their generosity, will give and create this amazing blessing for one another. And this is what we were talking about last week, that we are blessed by God in order to be a blessing. We're blessed by God so that we can be a blessing for others. This is all part of God's plan a blessing. And I was thinking about the story of my, my great-grandfather so my great-grandfather, we went camping with him. I was probably 10 years old. And this is in Northern California. I remember we were trout fishing and doing all this really cool, fun stuff. And my great-grandpa was whittling wood. And I thought this was the coolest thing ever. And then an even cooler thing was he let me use his knife and to teach me how to whittle patterns and sticks. For some reason, this captivated me. All weekend, I'm whittling this piece of wood, just to create a cool pattern or shape. And at the end of the weekend, uh, you know, as we're getting ready to go, and I go to hand him his kind of crusty old knife, he's just like, no, you keep that. And I said, no, no, I can't. You know, this is, this is your knife, Grandpa. I don't, I don't want to, he's like, I got plenty of knives. But I want you to keep it, and you to keep on woodland wood. You know it's funny? That little gift has stuck with me the rest of my life. He was a blessing to me out of his generosity, and it wasn't like a whole. Ton, but he didn't give me a ton of cash. He didn't give me any. He gave me kind of a old, little bit dull knife, and I still have it. I, I have it at home. I keep it. It means something to me. It was a way that he could bless me by being a blessing. And this is how it's meant to work. We're meant to be blessings for one another. So if we know what blessings all about and what it means to be hashtag blessed in God's way, right? God talks about Jesus last week. We talked about how he was going through, it, that it's an internal thing, not an external thing. That it's not just when things are happy. It's when, when he said, blessed are those who mourn, who are persecuted, who are poor in spirit. Why? Because blessing begins on the inside and works out. Blessing is new life in Jesus Christ. All right, let's keep going. So what is the mechanism of blessing? How do we receive this blessing from God? Well, Jesus talks about this in his teaching. He talks about a parable of the sower, one who's planting seeds. So this is Matthew 13. We're starting with verse 3. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears... Let them hear. Now this, when Jesus taught in parables, oftentimes his disciples were like, huh? Like they really didn't understand what he was saying. And sometimes he would apparently in private explain what it meant so that they would understand it. It was Jesus' teaching style. A very effective one in that Jesus always tried to make you think. He didn't try to just give you the answers. He wanted to make you think through your faith. Not just, you know, give you platitudes about your faith, which I love. Here's what he said in uh, verse 16. But blessed are your eyes, he's talking to his disciples, blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. So understanding is the goal. It's not just hearing. You have to understand it. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. You know a thought occurred to me as I was reading that? I'm like, that's kind of like when I was 14 and I begged my parents for a guitar. I played it for a week and realized it was too hard. And I put it in the closet where it sat for five years. Because I hadn't scheduled any lessons. I I knew nobody else my age, my friend group who played guitar, and I feel like we do that with God all the time. We hear the word, we get excited about it. Yes, give me a brand new guitar. And we get it and we're like, whoa, this Jesus thing is harder than, I, than it looks. This whole following Jesus is more than just thinking up here that I believe. It actually means I'm supposed to do something about it. Let me just put it away for a while. I, my life is just way too busy for that kind of commitment. That's kind of like that seed that falls on the rocky soil. The seed, verse 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. And here's the clue, that this is about blessing as much as it's about faith, this parable. Because it's meant to be fruitful. In other words, your blessing is meant to bear fruit. And think of a fruit tree. Who is the fruit for? The tree is not consuming the fruit. Right? It's for others to consume, to get nutrition from. Fruit, Spiritual fruit works the same way. We are supposed to produce a spiritual crop that others can get nutrition from, that others can grow from deeper in their faith. And this is how blessing works. You are blessed so that you can produce fruit. He doubles down on that idea in just a minute. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So good soil equals hearing, understanding, and then being being fruitful, bearing fruit for others. In Luke 11, 27 and 28, Jesus says this. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave birth to Gave you birth and nursed you. Oh, that sounds kind of nice. Right? But look at Jesus' response. I don't know if there's something lost in translation, but he he replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. That's kind of like a whop (laughs) Like, I don't know. Maybe he knew something about her. I don't know. Or maybe I don't understand all the context or nuance around what she said. But the point was, And this is something he harped on the most in his teaching, especially with religious people. He said, it wasn't good enough to just hear. You had to do it. You had to hear the word of God and to really hear it. In fact, in the Hebrew sense, to really hear it is to respond to it. To hear the word of God and obey it. So what does this look like for all of us? What do I need to do in order to be blessed? What does this, how does this work? Well, the first thing is to hear the word. That You have to engage in it. You have to let it affect you so that you respond to it. It's kind of like in that great theological film, White Men Can't Jump. Dude, that movie would never get made now. Anyway, there's, there's this... Uh, There's this moment when the one character is saying to the white character, like, you listen to Jimmy, but you don't hear Jimmy. Jimi Hendrix, you listen to Jimmy, you don't hear Jimmy. You don't get what he's really all about. I feel like for a lot of us, we listen to God, we don't really hear God. We listen to the word being read in church, we don't really hear it. In other words, it's not going somewhere deep into our soul and eliciting a response so that's the first thing you got to hear the word the second is to understand the word and that's probably one of the biggest blocks for a lot of people it's like well i you're telling me this pastor but i pick it up and i read it and i don't get what it's saying i just don't have it in me no it's just you haven't been in, in seminary to know all the cheat codes right it's like the video game cheat codes seminaries know the cheat codes So we know where to go look to find the answers to the questions that we have. But you didn't spend three years doing that. So you need someone to help you do that. Don't be discouraged. That's why we have been having this big focus on small groups, Bible studies. We want everybody who can to be involved. Why? Because it helps you learn. Helps you understand the word. You learn together. And then the third, to obey the word. Now, there's not a whole lot I can do on my end other than to encourage you. We have to obey it. We have to be willing to risk actually following Jesus Christ and actually believe that that pursuit is worth it. And here's the thing. God wants us to produce a crop. There is a whole world that needs you To be the blessing that you were created to be. There is a whole world. There are people in this community that God has put you here to share blessings with. So what does Jesus really have to say about health, wealth, and happiness It means that you are blessed on purpose for a purpose so the world can be hashtag blessed. Amen.